Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is live from the Combine. Seattle Times reporter Bob Condota. Bob, how's it going out there? Good, yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're well. We've seen a ton of updates uh, on Pete, on John, but uh, we know that there's plenty more. So let's start with Pete Carroll. What stood out most uh, to you from his interview with reporters this morning? Um, Well, probably in a lot of ways, the same thing that stood out with John was, you know, them saying that don't rule it out that they could re-sign Geno Smith, but still take a quarterback at five. You know, that's just that is such a unique opportunity to to pick that high. They obviously hope they they aren't they aren't going to pick that high again anytime soon. And so, you know, that you do have to consider all options, and the quarterbacks are just so valuable that that you know you you can't rule that out. So, you know, that's that's maybe what you'd expect them to say. Uh, you know, because why why rule it out, you know, when you never know what might happen and, you know, why kind of put yourself into a box there. But um, but it's still interesting, you know, to, to kind of he- hear each of them say it, mm-hmm. I, I guess, kind of quite that, frankly, that that is, you know, something that at that spot you got to consider. Bob, when you sit back and you listen to not just Pete Carroll and Schneider talk, the other GMs and owners, how much of this is posturing gamesmanship when they're talking about their their moves and, and what they need and what they think they're going to do? Sure, there's always some of that, and and that's why I say you, you know sometimes you don't want to give the, a definitive answer. No, we're not going to do something because you, you sort of do want to always make teams think that you might do possibly anything. Um, you know, if I, it, you know, it could just it, it could be for sure that with that fifth pick, if there's some team that's you know got a got a pick right below them and maybe really wants a quarterback at that spot, if they're worried that the Seahawks might take take a quarterback, you know, that could be a message the Seahawks are sending, like like, hey, we might take a quarterback there. So mm-hmm. if you you know, if you want that guy, come give us a really good offer to, you know, to have us move down a little bit or something like that. So for sure, there, there's an awful lot of that, um, you know, not just with the combine, but, you know, the league meetings in a few weeks and, and through all of this, a lot of message setting and what's, what's being said. Uh, Pete Carroll has always seemed a little more open to Gino in general. Not that John obviously hasn't had great things to say, but you can just tell that Carroll really, really likes Gino, right? He was talking about him last March during that press conference before Gino was even on this roster and I know had good things to say about him from the combine uh john schneider i think a little more tight-lipped for good reason he's the one making these deals uh did he seem like he would be open to the franchise tag i mean uh, how did he talk around it what did he say yeah well i was the one who asked about the franchise tag and then he kind of just said that you know uh sorry but i'm not going to answer that yeah. but he but he then d- did say but it is a tool um uh. you know it's it's a last resort and and i i think everybody would be stunned if Geno smith ever played on the franchise tag i mean you're just not going to want to have a 32 and a half million dollar cap hit yeah. um you know for one player they've never had that i mean russell wilson's highest cap hit was 32 million granted the cap was a little bit lower a few years ago so you know it, um that wasn't quite as big of a percentage but i mean that was or, or, or you know Geno's this year wouldn't be as high of a percentage as Russell's was a couple of years ago, but still, you know, that's just an enormous cap hit. And they would, you know, they already are sort of, you know, even for as much cap space as, as it seems like they have, um, you know, that would, that would be something they'd have to make some moves to accommodate. So, um, you know, that was John saying it's a tool. It is one of those things you, you could use to just sort of extend the process and, and prevent him from becoming a free agent. And then you just keep negotiating, but I don't think they want it to come to that either. So, 
uh, you know, the, the, there's no doubt that that March 7th day with the end of the franchise tag period will be something to watch to just, you know, see if maybe something happens with Gino by then and they get it done by then, um, you know, because by after that point, obviously the franchise tag is no longer an option if you get past that. So, uh, you know, I do think that's, that's going to be a significant date here a little bit to see what happens. I'm going to ask you a question. You might not know the answer to it, but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> the, the, the Seahawks have drafted a running back six of the last seven drafts. Now, you still have, obviously, Kenneth Walker, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. You don't know what they're going to do with Rashad Penny. Is it safe to say just going off of their tendencies that they're probably going to pick up an RB during this draft? Yeah, I don't think super high. I don't think as high as they did last year with Walker. Um, but you're right. Uh, you know, Rashad's going to be a real wild card. I did ask Pete today about, about Rashad, and um, you know, he, he said they've, you know, they've talked to him a few times. I don't think contractually, but I, I think they just talked to him a few times kind of since the end of the season to, to get a sense of where he is and his recovery and things like that and indicated that it's going well. And, um, you know, that's going to be the big thing with, with him. It, it's a really good, it's a really deep sort of year in free agency for running backs. You know, at the moment, you never know for sure who's all going to hit free agency, but you know, there's a lot, an awful lot of names on there. Um, which I think will probably depress the salaries for all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, so you could probably get Rashad back for a lot less than you had to pay him last year. And if you could do that, and then, uh, you know, you do have Dallas, uh, DJ Dallas under contract for another year. Um, and then you could maybe, you know, draft somebody in, in the middle round or something like that. It's regarded as a pretty good, as, it's not the best class it could be draft wise for running backs because some of those guys decided to stay the NIL money, uh, apparently making a few guys decide to stay that maybe could have come out, but, um, but there's still some guys, you know, there's always running backs available in the draft. So for sure, I, I think they're, you know, they're going to have to add some to that. You know, John was talked to somebody asked John today about Kenneth Walker and sort of, you know, to see become a guy you feed more next year. And he just pointed out, you know, it's impossible to just say, you're going to just rely on one guy. You always got to have two or three guys to yeah. make it through a season. Um, you know, recall Kenneth missed a game, you know, late in the year, even after he took over for Rashad after, you know, he really, you know, Kenneth really didn't play the first four games of the year that much. And then, you know, even after he took over, he battled some injuries at the end. It's just, it's just the nature of that position. So you for sure, you're going to need some add, to add some depth there. Uh, Pete Carroll on free agency said, quote, this is a type of situation we haven't been in in the past. We've had a lot of discussions about maximizing it. It's something we're looking forward to. Obviously, in, in typical Pete Carroll approach, keeping it very positive, but very vague, which is, of course, what these combine interviews are all about, right? But to me, Bob, it sounds like he's looking forward to potentially being more aggressive in free agency. Is that also how you interpreted it and do you expect the Seahawks to be a little more aggressive in free agency than we're used to I, I don't really to be honest with you I, you know how aggressive you are always comes down to how much how much cash space you have and if they have re-signed you know to a fairly significant deal by then and knowing that you're going to have 10 10 draft picks two that are in the top 20 um, you know and you're going to have to spend about 10 million dollars on uh, in cap space just to sign your draft picks they're, you know, the, the, the cap space is going to dry up pretty quickly, um, even if they do make some moves, which everybody, I think, expects um, to clear some up with, with, you know, there's there's two or three pretty obvious moves they could make to clear up some significant cap space. But even doing that, um, you, you know, you're, you're only going to have so much. So I, it's all it always just comes down to how much cap space you have and, and far more kind of, um, you know, philosophically than um, or I mean, in, you know, kind of the practicality of how much cap space you have is always sort of a bigger deal than, than you know, whether you'd like to go do this or that. So I do think they are going to want to do some things in free agency, uh, I think, especially on the defensive line, uh, you know, I, and, and maybe with a veteran receiver or something like that. But I just don't think, you know, they're probably I, I just the way things are going to probably turn out. I just don't think they're going to have. 
you know, just tons of cash floating around to be able to just go, um, you know, spend it willy nilly. Bob, over the years, um, we've seen uh, it's traditionally your what one through five, six, seven picks, maybe projections may choose not to participate in the combine. As of late, we've heard some organizations like the Green Bay Packers say, look, I'm not sending my staff, my coach to the combine. There's more things that that we can do since you've been there. Have you heard any talks about the combine losing its value from any of these guys? Well, I, I mean, that, that, that's something a lot of player agents have brought up. It is like, you know, why are players going when, you know, for a lot of guys, it's sort of more of a risk than it is a reward to come here, and they're not really getting anything out of it, you know. So that they, and, and, and you know, the NFL loves it because it's just kind of a week of free promotion and and free programming and stuff like that for their network and. You know, obviously, all the attention that he gets, and and then just kind of the, the spotlight that it begins to turn toward the draft. But you, you are hearing a lot of agents kind of say, you know, what's the point for for our players uh, coming here? Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I still don't think I, I think it's become such a big thing. I still doubt it really changes a whole lot. Uh, I did ask Pete today about you know the, the idea that some coaches aren't coming and. Um, you know, does he see the value in continuing to come? And, and his answer, answer was somewhat interesting because he specifically uh, kind of pointed to this year and the draft picks that they do have. And it's sort of like, you know, when, when you have the opportunity they have this year with the picks that they have, you know, you, you kind of want to make sure you're here and, and learn as much about everything as you can. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe in a few years, you know, if the Seahawks don't have any first-round picks or something, maybe they become one of those teams as well that doesn't put the, the focus on it quite as much. But, you know, for this year in the, in the Seahawks where they are, you know, five of the top 84 or whatever, you know, I, I think they, they, they feel like, especially the interviews and the medicals and stuff like that are going to be particularly important for them. Hey, uh, Bob, while you're out there, you get a chance to uh, familiarize yourself with a lot of these top prospects. Now, some of the prospects are not necessarily doing workouts. Um, we know that Jalen Carter really isn't, but plenty of them are doing interviews and, and appearances and, and will at least be there. Is there a name that you are uh, kind of considering as a real potential for the Seahawks at five that, that you're going to be following closely this week? Yeah, well, I mean, the guy I want to talk to is, I mean, the guy that everybody is sort of pointing to is Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech. Um, and um, he, he's not going to be doing anything here from my understanding because he, he suffered a foot injury in November, mm-hmm. but he is here. He is going to talk to teams. I would imagine the Seahawks will probably want, want to try to talk to him here. Um, you know, Seahawks sometimes, you know, a lot of teams sometimes maybe try to throw people off and not talk to guys that they might be interested in. But when you pick that high, you sort of have more of a control of it. I think they might want to, um, you know, go ahead and talk to him and, and kind of get that out of the way. Uh, but, you know, to me, he, he, he's kind of a guy I'm curious to, we'll get a chance to talk to him tomorrow when he does his, his uh, interview session here. And so just kind of learn a little bit more about him. And, um, you know, and then just, I mean, all the quarterbacks, uh, it, it's, quarterback classes are always interesting because I, last year was kind of an exception, but in general, the closer you get to everything, um, quarterbacks tend to rise in value just because of the value of the position. So even if, uh, you know, a guy is considered a second or third rounder or something coming here, a lot of times once you get here uh, and people, people see him throw a little bit, and there's always sort of a buzz after the combine about, you know, this quarterback or that quarterback kind of rising in value. And so to me, it'll be interesting to see those guys too, especially a guy like maybe Anthony Richardson. Who, yeah. You know, there seems to be a guy that just, just his tangibles are really going to, are really going to entice everybody. And after his workout here, you know, maybe he becomes a guy who becomes sort of a surefire, not just first rounder, but maybe top half of the first round. Bob, is there any, well, 
Yeah, is there any chance, do you think, that Bobby Wagner comes back? I got two questions for you. So tell me what you think about Bobby. Jordan Brooks is obviously going to be out for a while. You got Cody Barn, Bimber Curvin, like Nick Ballore, who will be your interior linebackers. And then how early do you think they will address that linebacker spot in this draft? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it, depending on what they do in free agency, I mean, that will be a spot that – before before the draft comes around, they'll have had to have done something. They'll either had to have re-signed Cody or probably re-sign uh, sign somebody who could be a replacement for him. Because you're right, they, they, that's a really uncertain spot. Suddenly, we did ask about Jordan Brooks today, and and Pete said he's doing well, but you know that's that's just an injury that basically just takes nine to ten months. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so no matter so you know that puts him right up on the on the edge of being ready for the regular season. So you're going to have to do something for sure uh, at that spot. I. If I had to bet on Bobby Wagner returning, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd bet a lot of money on it. I just sort of think that's probably not something they're going to want to do. Um, and I, mean, I don't know, if Bobby is. You know, I think Bobby still wants. You know, wants what he wants. I think he. You know, he's coming off a year where he was regarded as being one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. So it goes back to the same issues last year. You know, how much money do you want to pay him? And you know, maybe Bobby can find that somewhere else on the market. And and uh, you know, if Bobby does want to win now. Uh, you can maybe regard the Seahawks as a team that's that's on the rise and, and could win big next year, but Bobby might look around and maybe get an opportunity with a team that you know might on paper be closer to to winning something big. Obviously, his you know he's he's only got a few years left maybe in his career at this point, so um, I, I just don't know if that's the way either of them is really going to want to go. But I, I think you know once it becomes free agent time, and if he hasn't. Uh, you know, once he be, it gets officially released on March 15th, and, and depending on where the Seahawks feel like they are with that, maybe it's something they come around to. But I, I, I just don't know that, um, you know, they necessarily are going to want to go down that road. All right. He is Bob Condota of the Seattle Times, covers the Seahawks. You already know him well. You can keep an eye out for Bob's coverage. Let's get to Four Down Territory. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down, Bump. There's been another rule change proposed to the NFL. This one, one of our favorites. Why should they change the onside kick rule? This might be the best rule the XFL's ever come up with. No jokes. And they're supposed to experiment there. That's what you do. So the fourth... Excuse me, the onside kick rule for the XFL goes, nah, man, you just get a fourth and 15 in your own territory. Mm-hmm. And what this does, it keeps teams in the game. If you score a touchdown, six. Go for a three-point conversion, nine. You could be down 17 with two minutes left in the game. You have a chance to win the ball game in it's the amazing. NBA. They have the three-pointer. I've seen games change quickly because of the three-pointer. Major League Baseball, you got grand slams, runners on base. There's ways for you to get back in the game late if you are down. Now let's talk about the stats for the onside kick. In 2022, 5% were recovered. Hate it. 21, 16%. Gross. 20, 20, 14%. 2019, 12%. The highest has been in the last 10, 11 years was uh, 2013, 18% were recovered. That's 11 of 61, though. So they were trying, but it just wasn't happening. If you want to keep these games interesting and have teams perform a play that has a probability that's higher than 18% of you executing it, I say you look at the XFL, man, you look at the St. Louis Battle Hawks. They showed it a couple weeks ago, the first week of the XFL season, mm-hmm. and they converted a 4th to 15, drove down, won the ball game. Keep it exciting. Give these guys a legit chance to win. I was trying to think of just great onside recoveries. The only one I remember really is the Seahawks versus Green Bay. Yeah. Versus Green Bay, excuse me. I think that's the only one most people yeah, that's can think of. Really the one I can remember. At least so, here in Seattle. Get rid of the onside 
Fourth and 15. Let's make it happen. AJ McCarron, by the way, getting it done for the Battle Hawks. Second down. Looking back on the 2022 season, what would you say was the Seahawks' best team performance and is also an example of how hard it is for this team to win, even with Pro Bowl talent? Who was probably one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year? Oh, God. Uh, Let's see. The Titans. Titans. The Colts. Colts. uh, Rams. The Rams. Rams. The Rams. And that's who the Seahawks struggled to beat. The Los Angeles Rams, the city of angels, the Rams. And this is what it took to beat that team. Jenna Walser, two sacks. Daryl Taylor, one sack. Brooks, one sack. Nine tackles, one tackle for loss. Tariq Bullen had an interception and a season-high three passes defended. Geno had three touchdowns, one interceptions, had a game-winning drive. Lockett had 128 for one touchdown. DK had 127 for one touchdown. This just shows you how tough it is to win in this league. You cannot count anybody out. This is not Alabama versus Appalachian State of North, Nebraska, Southeast Kentucky. Shout out App State of Northeast, Southeast Kentucky. All that. This isn't the, the NCAA. It's tough to win out here. So I look at this and I go, it took all of this just to beat the Los Angeles Rams who were down this year. And it makes me buy into it even more that you got to be on point with this draft. You got contributions from a bunch of draft picks. I just named all draft picks except for Geno Smith. Yes. Everyone else was a draft pick. All right, you need a hit one more time. Let's make it happen. Also, the, uh, a really interesting note that I didn't think of earlier in four down territory, but am now, which is this team is simultaneously has a really cool window being in the conference to take some uh, steps forward. Right. And also, I think, is further away, not further away than people give it credit for, but I think people see it as like, oh, add a defensive free agent, you're there. And it's like, you need, you need a little bit more than that. Need you need some a little help. more than that. All right, third down. The NFL Combine starts today with GM and head coach interviews, but let's focus on an athlete. Who's your spotlight athlete today? And why is it Tyree Wilson? <laughs> it's not Tyree. We've heard a lot of Tyree, and uh, Tyree's a, a baller, but we highlighted him, what, a couple days ago? Yes. Um, but John and Michael Schmitz. Doesn't sound like Tyree. I like that name, though. John, John Michael, Michael Schmitz. Schmitz? Yeah. It sounds like a name that I invented for a fake boyfriend. It sounds like a firm, law firm. The John Michael Welcome Schmitz. To John Michael Schmitz. Uh, we're here to <laughs> represent you. People make the joke that it sounds like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz. It does. Yeah, it it does. is like 80% of that name. So that's my guy. That's who we're highlighting. A texture just texted in that Austin Blythe retired. We'll see how true that is. We've got to check our sources there. But this would be the replacement for this guy. 6'4", 320. Blythe was 6'2", 280. He's strong when he gets his hands on you. When you run zone, you run gap scheme, all that good stuff. Double teams, your center's going to play a big role in that. And um, he is great with the run and not as good with the pass. you got to can't be great everywhere, right? That's my guy right there. And he was ranked as one of the smartest players at this position. When you are a center, you got to be one of the smartest guys. Guys has good feet, not great feet, but I just like the way he moves. He's a smart individual. If you if he is available later, I say you go after this guy. Now, in a perfect world, you go heavy on the D-line, the first two or three picks, maybe a quarterback, depending on what you're doing. But after that, your focus needs to be offensive line, a center and a guard. Here's a center right here, John Michael Schmitz. Out of Minnesota. All right. Well, perfect timing on that one because Blythe did announce his retirement. By the way, Bump isn't looking at his computer right now. He's doing this segment in the middle of your segment. Blythe announced his retirement. 
Austin, let's consider the timing here. Coordinate with us. But let me read you the statement, okay? Um, do you want to do this in lieu of fourth down? Do you still want fourth down? I'll nah, speed through it. Let's, let's go through Austin. Okay. So uh, this is Austin's statement. It's a little lengthy. I'm going to read part of it, but it is on his Instagram. He said, I always told myself I wouldn't do some big, long-winded retirement posts, but I'm not sure how to leave behind a game that's afforded myself and my family so many opportunities without giving it at least some words. The last seven years have been nothing short of amazing for a short, unathletic, undersized kid from Iowa. He's so likable. I played a lot of football, met countless coaches and teammates that I can call friends and made enough memories for myself and my family to last a lifetime. So he says he's grateful, blessed. Uh, thanks everyone who's uh, helped him achieve all of this. Uh, thanks his wife, his children um, for the innumerable number of sacrifices that his wife has willingly chose to make. He says, I would not have had the opportunity to play the game. I love uh, pretty much everything good in my life is due to her. Aww. Uh, so he says, I cannot wait to spend my retirement returning to everything I can to her, to my kids. Thank you as well. Retirement. Here we come. Eight years in the game. Pick 248. He was our own Brock Purdy. Just not quite. This guy found a way to play um, in this league for a while. At a position where it's hard on the body, man. And he was undersized at that position. Austin Blythe, right into that sunset, man. Back to Iowa. And you take care of your babies, your beautiful family, and your wife, man. All right. Um, Let's see. Let's... uh do you want to turn it on fourth down? Right, we, can, we can do it. We can do it real Let's quick. do it really, really, really fast. You got a minute. What do you hear when Pete says they have a rare opportunity with the fifth pick? Says, don't blink. <laughs> Anything is possible. We <laughs> might make a move. Possible. We might not. We might get a quarterback. Oh, we might go defensive um, yeah. defensive line. We might go edge rusher. We might go linebacker. I saw a mock with um, a receiver at the 20 pick. All he's saying is that all options are open right now. And that's what makes the Seattle Seahawks draft simply crazy anyway because you never know what's really going to happen. So they got the number five pick. They've never been here before. They have to explore. Do not blink because they might do something no one is really expecting, even though I feel like you and I have went over dang near every possibility for that five pick. Yeah. Uh, well, and we will continue to do so. All right, let's see what's on tap. This is What's on Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks... What's on tap? You have two choices. Uh, later tonight, Mariners play-by-play. It's the game happening now. It's on tape delay. It'll be following Wyman and Bob. That'll be on our airwaves, 7, 10 a.m. Also on SeattleSports.com, you can find uh, Lefko and I streaming live from 6 to 7 p.m. from the 88th Annual Sports Star of the Year Awards. We're going to be interviewing a ton of people from the red carpet, um, guests who are being honored, uh, local athletes, etc. So you have two choices, SeattleSports.com, the stream from the red carpet, or you can listen to 710 AM Seattle Sports Station for Mariners play-by-play. All that coming your way later this evening. And coming up next, we're heading to the station for Hype Train. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Two more segments to end the show. We're going to have a lot of fun with both. I need your help with one of them, though. That one coming up at 45 after. It's what I need to know, and we need your questions. So it can be sports questions, non-sports questions, personal things, opinions, advice, whatever it is. We just kind of go off. We have a lot of fun with this segment. It's wide open to whatever we want to talk about in normal it's just fun stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. preferences or, um, you know, rankings and things like that. So uh, what I need to know, come in your way at 45 after. Get your questions in. Any question you have. What you need to know. What's sticking on your mind after the show. 866-979-3776. Any question you have. 
Any question you have about something that you want answered, text it in now, 866-979-3776. This hour of Bump and Stacey is brought to you by Mazda of Everett. And before we get to what I need to know, it's time to head to the station for Hype Train. Here's how it works. I tell you a trend, a prediction in the world of sports this week. If you agree with it, you're boarding the train. You'll get a little train sound. So if you're driving and you hear that, that's what that is. Uh, And if you are not boarding, it's because it's nothing but a hype train. You aren't believing it for a minute. You got to tell me why, though. We'll start with bumping. I appreciate the explanation, Stacey. I have to remind you guys every time. Here we go. First hype train into the station. Of course, the Seahawks were asked about Geno Smith and franchise tagging Geno. My first two hype trains are both related two quarterbacks. We're going to start with this one. Franchise tag window open from now until March 7th. All eyes are on Baltimore and Lamar Jackson to see if the Ravens tag or even tag and trade Lamar. But this is the hype train. The Seahawks will franchise tag Geno. The Seahawks are looking at Geno Smith right now and they're saying, look, man, we appreciate what you did in the year 2022. And you know what? You can help us moving forward. We also have a number five pick right now. So what can we do? Maybe we can franchise tag tag you, hold on to you for a little bit, maybe trade. I don't know what's going on. But I think worst case scenario, they need to have him in their back pocket until they figure out what else is going on. I'm on the train. Franchise tag. What's that? 32.5? 32 32.4. 32.4. Don't add him. another 100,000 on there. My bad. That's when my you bad. don't need to. My bad. That's why I have an account. <laughs> exactly. I don't do it. Name me. <laughs> All right. The Seahawks will franchise tag Geno Smith. That's the hype train. If you agree that they will, you're boarding the train. If you don't think they will, you are not. Curtis Bump is. Are you? And it's rare occasions that they use it. I believe Frank Clark is the only guy. Oh, Lindo Mare. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. that was back in my day. That was yeah. uh, their first year. Yeah. Hey, so you know what? He got franchise event. tag and he drove a, a Mini Coop. Respect. All right. And Mini Coopers are cool right. little, yeah. you know, I can see a kicker driving a Mini Cooper. Back then, like in 2010, sense. that was a flex. Hey, that yeah, was, that, that really was. That yeah. really was. Yeah. Really was. <laughs> oh, hey. yeah. Nowadays, not so much. Uh... <laughs> It's kind of like driving a PT Cruiser these days. No, oh my Mini Coopers are cooler than that. The Italian job made Mini Coopers so cool. Let me tell you what, you can rob a bank with those things. <laughs> Curtis, are you boarding this train or not? Uh, <laughs> I'm not boarding this train because I think they get a deal done prior to the franchise tag window closing. Uh, I think it'll be at least two years, maybe a third year. Uh Involved in that deal with Geno Smith. So I'm not boarding this train, but that doesn't mean I don't think a deal gets done. I think a deal does. I am not boarding this train. I don't think that John Schneider, from the transcript I saw, not from the audio, I need to hear the audio. I don't think he sounded too keen on franchise tagging it. Um, I think what Bob Condota said with us was, in, was interesting, where he recognizes it's a tool that they can use. I just don't know how excited they're going to be with some of the most draft capital they've had and uh, cap space they've had in years to take up so much of it with a guaranteed deal against the 2023 cap. So I'm going to say no as well. At least I kind of hope that they don't. Next type train into the station. I am sticking, uh, not necessarily with the Seahawks, but with quarterbacks here. Now, we have seen several mock drafts that have had Bryce Young going one overall, Jalen Carter going one overall. They've had C.J. Stroud going uh, as high as two overall. Maybe the Texans take them. The mock draft we saw today was from Mel Kuyper. It was his second mock draft, and it had a ton of trades and a run on quarterbacks. This is the hype train. Tell me if you're boarding. There will be a run on quarterbacks. In fact, picks one through three will be quarterbacks so we going bryce then we're going cj yeah 
they were going will. And know that right now it's Chicago, Houston, Arizona. Arizona does not need a quarterback, uh, so it would require a yeah. trade from at least one of those teams. That's that's uh, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. Chicago might trade back so someone else can get a quarterback. But no, I'm gonna I'm not bored that trade, man. I think that um, there are some monsters on defense right now that any team could use no matter your situation Mm -hmm. you could use some of these beasts on defense i'm not on the train all right the hype train is that the first three picks one through three will be quarterback it will probably require a trade by arizona but i mean if there's a run on quarterbacks you got to get your guy bump is not boarding this train though curtis are you uh yeah arizona that's gonna be the toughest one uh, if they do deal it, and I believe their new general manager, what's his name, Monty Ossenfort or something like I completely like? forgot a, Steve Kime was out. What yeah. a odd name that is. Uh, he did say that they would be open to moving that if the right deal kind of presents itself. He said that today at the Combine. Um, but I think the Cardinals are just going to continue to surround Kyler Murray with as much as possible. Uh, defensively, it just seems like Will Anderson Jr. is the lock of the draft to the Cardinals. Like I, I just don't see any other team being able to select Anderson, it just makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to let this train go by. I don't think the first three picks in this draft are QBs. I, I think the top two might be. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that three of the top five will be quarterbacks, and I think that Anderson and Carter will be the other two players selected. That also means that Seattle would get a quarterback in the top five mm. or trade out or trade out. I I don't know that. Seattle, I think Seattle might trade back. Uh, I think three of the first five are quarterbacks. I think there's a run. And I think that both of the top defensive linemen also go in the top five. I don't think they make it out of five. So that's what I'm sticking with, which means one through three are not quarterback. I think Arizona sticks there at three. Next type train. <laughs> All right. The sports story of the year awards are tonight. Mariners nominated. And this is the hype train. It's simple. They're going to win. The Mariners are going to win the award for best sports story of the year. But why would they win best sports story of the year? (laughs) I mean, 20 years without a playoff appearance. That's I mean, that's not that's not special. You guys can't tell. Why is is joking? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to win it. 20 on things, sitting at home, watching. Yes, they're winning it. They better. All right, Curtis, are you boarding the hype train that the Mariners <laughs> will win Sports oh. Story of the Year at tonight's Sports Star of the Year Awards, 88th Annual? How could you dominate them? That's just celebrating futility is what that is. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Of course they're the Sports Story of the Year. Come on now. Yeah. That was a lot of fun watching them this season. Now, the most fun I've had watching that team in two decades. Easy. And that doesn't mean that we can't be critical. In fact, yeah. we were very critical of them not adding more to this team in free agency. You're but most critical let me tell of you the what. ones you love. No, right? as much, yes. <laughs> we get criticized for sometimes being doomsdayers or sometimes being like doom and gloom. I've seen that so many times. Uh, there is a thought, there is a line between being critical and being a hater. Like, you can be critical of the Mariners and say, hey, Mariners, you can and should be spending more than you are in general, right? You can and should have made better efforts and more courageous efforts to try to make the postseason sometime in the last two decades of my life. However, not saying, hey, good on you for doing it last year is getting into hating territory. Criticism versus yeah, hating. I don't There's a difference. It. I don't understand. It's been Make a sure long you're on drought. the right side. I mean, they, they got some prospects. They made moves with Rookie Luis of Castillo. The year. You bring in Robbie Ray. You got Julio. Back to back seasons of uh, manager of the year. Like, like it's impressive. Hey, you know what? Everyone can be better. 
Everyone, Everyone can. can be better. I agree. Everyone and everything. But I think that they have earned that award. I will let you guys know whether or not they get it when we recap the award show tomorrow. I cannot wait to see who we get a chance to talk to today. What I need to know is coming your way next, how we're wrapping up the show. Get your questions in. Any question you have to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. It's What I Need to Know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Get your questions in. Any question you have to the Mac and Jack's text line, that number is 866-979-3776. Spring is right around the corner. Two things here. One, it is spring training. Curtis, uh, you have a couple updates with your eye on the game. You said uh, Ty France and Tay Oscar went back-to-back. Back-to-back, Here is uh, the Teoscar Blast. 2-0. Here's a drive center field. Oh, baby. Carry. Carry. Goodbye. Just to the left of the batter's eye. A monstrous shot by Teoscar Hernandez. A three-run blast. And the Mariners have a 7-1 lead. Wow. Do we want to get do we want your tie, too? I I mean, I guess. I do love dingers. Here's tie. Swung on. Center field. Deep. Up and going back on the track, looking up, and it hits off the above the yellow line for a home run. A home run for Ty France. So back to back, Jack, for the Mariners. It's 8 1 Seattle, and the crowd rises to its feet. All right, you guys can hear the play by play of that game on tape delay after Wyman and Bob. Let's get to some of our questions. Speaking of spring, what I need to know first listener question here what's the best spring month for sports? March, April, or May? I don't know how you beat March. Uh, March Madness. Yeah. Man, and then we have spring. So so April, have, you have the beginning of the season. Technically, it's March like Masters 30th. In April. Yes. Masters in April. And you have the draft in the end of April. First day of the draft uh, is the 27th and my now, mommy's birthday. The majority of the so. NCAA tournament happens in March, but the national championship game is always in April. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if it's April? I'm changing my answer. It's uh, April. Yeah, I got to go April as well. This is the NFL draft and then the Masters. That's like... And, I mean, Major League Baseball starts on March 30th, but that's basically April. Basically. You have your second basically series of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically no, the 8th, Steve. The eight, Steve. Uh, and also April's my birth month. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know we get you know, it, Curtis. It's the best sports months in the <laughs> What I need to know from sports months to sports movies going to see Creed 3 this weekend. What's Ooh, your greatest sports man. movie of all time? You guys are both so excited for Creed 3. Gotta see Can't that. Wait. Are you going opening weekend? This weekend? Um, I'll be in, in Palm Springs this weekend. If me and my guys oh. want to go on a bro date, we'll do it. Um, <laughs> but my favorite sports movie has to be The Program. That movie made me want to go to college and play football. Yeah. Oh, man. I loved Remember the Titans when I was little. I don't know that that would be my answer now, but that used to be a favorite. Um, Friday Night Lights, the movie, is pretty good. Oh, it's a good one. And Friday Night Lights, the show, for that yeah. matter, even better than the movie. All really good ones. I've never seen the program. Check check it it out. out. What I need to know, do you think you can get a hit off a major league knuckleball pitcher? Nope. You know why? Major leaguers can't. Oh, my God. In high school, we did our alumni game, so then um, the guys come back. Yeah. And I had never seen a knuckleball ever in my life. And he threw a knuckleball, and I swung. It felt like I swung with the bat, like, vertically. (laughs) And I go, what the hell was that? And it was like, he's laughing at me. It's a knuckleball. Uh, what I need to know, would a trade for Deron Payne, what would a trade for Deron Payne cost knowing he wants to get paid? I'm going to add on to this. If someone's franchise tagged, uh, 
non-exclusive franchise tag. It is two first-rounders no matter what. So just as a heads up, if you think, like, I would give up a fifth and blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Two first-rounders, and then you got to pay him on top of that. I wouldn't do I believe. It. I believe. But he's asking what he's worth. You just told him what he's worth. I know, but that's kind of confusing to me because Frank Clark was traded for one first-rounder. Right? And then something? I don't know. I don't know. When I got looked it me. up, it said two first-rounders. Unless it was exclusive franchise tag. It's definitely two first-rounders. Maybe it's in different years. You can spread them out. That's what I'm confused about. Um, it, it becomes more complicated um, if he's franchise tagged, which is the only way they could trade him. So you're looking at no matter what first-round pick or picks, unfortunately. Uh, would love to sign Deron Payne as a free agent. <laughs> be pretty <laughs> sweet. Be nice. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what I need to know. <clears throat> if you could be in any movie, even as an extra, what movie would it be? I could be in And I will include movie. movies in the past. So if you're like, oh, I loved, I don't know, Lord of the Rings, and it would have been cool to be on set if they were filming wherever. Nah, if I'm in it, I ain't no extra. You have to be an extra. No, I said even if. You oh, okay. An extra. If you could be any movie. Yeah. Is. Okay, so what movie would I'm you going, have wanted to be in? I take I'm going it back. Varsity Blues, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get me in that thing. <laughs> uh, see, Curtis, what about you? If you could be in any movie, oh, even man. just as an extra, though Bump is not ready to be an extra. He said, I'm the star. He wants to be in Varsity Blues. What are you choosing? An extra in any movie? Mm-hmm. Or, in, or, or and just in any movie. You can be a character. You can be a main person. You can be a villain. Whatever you want. Just, okay, so we're moving the goalposts here. I can be in any movie. Any movie. That's what it says. If you could uh, be in any movie, I would. I would like to be in like a, a Disney animated movie because I want to see me animated. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. That's kind of cool. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, what I need to know: This person said you were making fun of Bump for you know being hoity-toity and having a um, hoity-toity. Hoity-toity. Isn't that what it's called when someone's rich? Yeah. Like a hoity toity. Never heard of that one. Uh, For being, for having a bench in your shower. Mm -hmm. Someone said, Does Bump have a bidet too? No, I don't. And I refuse to use it. I'm scared to use one. Wait, but you do. Oh, you you mean just when you've been in its I've been in situations where I could have used one. I'm like, I don't know about that. But I I hear they're amazing. I hear they're great, but I'm (laughs) also scared. My friends have one at their home. They're very bougie. They have one at their home. They're those friends that, like, I love them. I hope they're listening. But, like, (laughs) you know when you have friends where it's, like, everything is expensive, even things you don't think are going to be expensive? Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be like, I love this napkin, and it's, like, 40 bucks a napkin. You're like, what? Anyways, they have a bidet, (laughs) and I'm afraid to use it, and I've never used it. Scared. It scares me every time. What I need to know, what could the Seahawks do realistically in the first wave of free agency to help them? Then they add on a comment. I feel like a center or a guard is doable so they can focus on pumping up defense in the draft. Yeah, well, you definitely need a center now. Austin Blythe is gone. Yeah. Um, I'd go center or linebacker because um, you need to bring some experience over with Jordan Brooks being out. Yeah. Uh, what I need to know. Oh, someone said John Wick for a movie. Now, I wouldn't want to die. Uh, so if I could have, like, all the cool, you know, skills, then sure. Absolutely. Someone said any movie with Halle Berry. Yeah, sign me up. She's in the program. The program. <laughs> Um, what I need to know. I hear you guys are Survivor fans. I've been currently binging Survivor seasons, getting excited for the new one to start tomorrow. What are some of your favorite players and seasons? Man. Uh, Tony, one of the best players. Yeah, and he's I'd a say three-time participant. Season 38 is one of my favorites. Is that I think it's the... Kagayan. Season 38, I don't... 
it's 38 or 39 that's kind of problematic. I don't think uh, it's 38. 38 is Edge of Extinction. That was a good season with a controversial finish. Uh, don't want to spoil anything. 39. Why don't you just recommend the best 39's season? 39 is the one you do not want to watch a single second of. A absolute train wreck disaster. <laughs> Uh, don't bother with season 39. Why don't you end by telling someone a season to go watch? Uh, season 20 Heroes vs. Villains is a great okay, season. Okay, go check that one out. All right, you guys, that'll do it for us today. For Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Ross. We will be back with you at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Do not go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming your way next.